Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Hello, everyone. This is Casey Stubbs with the How to Trade It podcast. And today we have a new episode and I'm excited to have Sonny Harris uh, from moneymentor.com. And Sonny is also the host of the Sonny Harris Show podcast, as well as the author of seven trading books. Uh, thank you for being on the show today, Sonny. Thank you, Casey. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I am really interested to learn about your journey and some of the wisdom that you have from trading. So when we were talking uh, initially, you said you've been trading for 42 years. That is a long time. And so <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about how you got started way back then. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I became a programmer uh, because actually my training was in mathematics and I was looking for a job in math and there weren't any available at the time. The Northern California where I lived was in recession and they didn't want a, a youngster with a BA in math to, to do just pure math, which is what I wanted to do. So I went to a headhunter and she said, can you program? And since I thought that was beneath me, I said, no, I can't. And she said, will you say you can program? I'll have you a job tomorrow. And I said, yeah, okay, yeah, I can program. So I got a job programming at Lockheed. After a few years there, I started up a little company with three friends, and we did the uh, world's leading computer graphics software. And uh, it was called Display and became Harvard Graphics. And I retired from there when I was 30. And I thought, well, I've got a lot of money here. I'm going to have to give it to money managers to invest for me. Well, it took them three weeks to lose $75,000. And I said, I can do that poorly on my own. And I took my money back. That's so I fascinating. Started. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that story so, uh, quite a few times about people, <laughs> sure. you know, no one cares about your money as much as you do. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you, it, it can be pretty risky using money managers. Absolutely. Yeah. That, wow. And that's the truth. Nobody cares as much as you do. Yeah. So, so I start. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, so how did that, how did you feel about that? Like when you lost that much money, like were you really upset with them or you just didn't think they knew what they were doing or like what was your thought process? Yeah. I just didn't think they knew what they were doing. And I thought, well, they were trading, uh, pork bellies and I thought I will never trade futures again in my life. That was my reaction. You know, because that, that, that wasn't a big dent in the bucket, but it was, it was a sizable amount of money. So I started reading everything I could get my hands on about investing. And after a few books, uh, I started trying to figure out what my theory of the markets would be. And I was just going to be buying and selling stocks. Um, it didn't take long before the S&P 500 was initiated because I started trading in 1981. And pretty soon thereafter, in 1982, uh, the S&P was invented. 
So I started trading the S&P, even though I had said, you know, famous last words, I'll never do that. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I've been trading the S&P ever since. So back then, it was a little bit different. Now, you had a computer uh, background. I mean, that mm -hmm. was really early on. Uh, mm -hmm. Computers, like, I can't imagine what did they had graphics then because you had a graphics company, but it was pretty primitive, right? Yeah, it was dot matrix printers in the beginning. There, And then we finally got plotters that would have a little pin with colored ink in it, and it would go back and forth across a bar and plot things for you. That was the initial way that worked. So there was not yeah. a monitor or screen at that time? Well, we did have great big Tektronics monitors, bigger than, than a an old-fashioned CRT uh, television. So we had them, but they were primitive. So how did you program without a monitor? <laughs> you programmed on punch cards. Wow. Zeros and ones is how I started. So there was no programming language then. I mean, I guess the zeros and ones was the programming language. Yeah, the zeros and ones are similar language was what it was called. And that's how I started out. Few years into that, they they came out with Fortran. So I was a, a primarily a Fortran programmer, but I also programmed a similar because I uh, transferred over to to the systems uh, programming side of the house, and I love systems programming. And the computers back then were the size of this house. Wow. So when you made your transition from programming to trading. Uh, you had to probably learn a ton of new skills. How hard was it to make the transition from programmer to trader? Well, it wasn't hard, really. Um, with my degrees and the programming history, it, it was fairly simple. I did spend a year and a half researching and reading before I actually put my first trade on in the futures market. Of course, I'd been buying and selling stocks. But for that, I read Investors Daily uh, at the Denny's down the street and plotted my numbers on graph paper by hand. So I followed the trends. And then when it came to the crash of 87, I said to my stockbroker, sell everything I have. This is going to crash. And he said, no, no, no. This is the biggest bull run in history. You have no idea what you're doing. Charts don't mean anything. Oh, wow. And I, and I said, well, it's my money. Sell everything. And it crashed. And how long was that beforehand? It was in August. Okay. So the crash was October 19th, 16th and 19th. And I had gotten out very near the top. The market had been going down during August and September, but it didn't crash until October. So you were pulling out your money and you were waiting for it to crash to get start reinvesting? Back in. Yeah. yeah. So I called up. So the, the big part of the crash was on Monday morning. On Tuesday morning, I called my broker back and said, buy everything you can get your hands on. So right afterwards. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, how how fast was the recovery after 1987 crash? Oh, it took a while. Yeah. I, I don't remember in months or, or years, but it took a while. But when you buy in near the bottom, you've got a while. It's no, no big deal because even if it doesn't go up, you're not going to go much further because you already missed the crash. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so that uh, was a lot of fun. So you seem like you're very analytical um, it, because you were mathematical. 
you are you're into programming. All of that is very analytical. Uh, did mm. you have any trouble managing discipline or emotions during training? I never have. I never have. My rule of thumb is create your system, follow your system. That's it. I say that trading is boring if you're doing it right. I actually just said that this morning to someone. and um, Really? I, no joke. I said the exact – and I said, I don't know where I heard it, but I <laughs> maybe I heard it from you. You heard oh. it here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It is boring. Uh, but for me um, – and – the you know i teach traders too and for me that's was the hard part um because i don't like losing and <laughs> so does? i would rather just okay i'm not going to lose i won't sell and then mm -hmm. you get forced to you you're forced to lose and it's very painful and so i've had to go through a lot of pain to get where you mm -hmm. started i guess <laughs> do you know what you call a trader that's holding on to a losing trade no, I don't. An investor. Yeah, an investor. Right. 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 So you've never been an investor. You're more you're a trader. Well, before I started trading, I was an investor. Yeah. And I was buying, buying stocks and holding them and then, you know, selling them when I thought they were at a high. But when I started trading the S&P, I'm not an investor anymore. My stock holdings last from weeks to months now. And so right now with the current market environment, um, how is your trading? Uh, because the market has been very difficult this year. It has been, but you know, short is so much fun. I love to go short. Okay. So what do so you it, trade primarily? Futures now? I trade the S&P 500 still. Okay. Yeah. Wow. A little bit of gold now and then. I've got some Bitcoin, I don't know, some uh, Ethereum. But primarily, I trade the S&P 500. I've got a one-minute and a five-minute chart that I trade off of. Okay. Now, tell me a little bit about your your techniques. Is it purely technical? It is. It is. The only fundamental thing I look at is what the market's doing when a report comes out. Okay. So I've got ForexFactory.com on my monitor, and I watch to see what time the report is. And I'm careful. I don't get out, but I'm very careful around a report. Yeah, this morning uh, there was a report at 10, 10 o'clock, which mm -hmm. my time is 10. Your time, it's like 7 in the morning. Yeah, right. so I was totally flat at that point, which I try to be flat when the news comes. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good position to take. Yeah, and uh, it didn't really do anything, so I took one small trade after that, and that was it. So tell me a, a little bit about your, your technicals, like how, what are you looking for what is the perfect trade? Well, when I first started, I, well, Larry Williams lived down the street from me. I assume everyone knows who Larry Williams is. And I called him up and I said, can I come over and talk to you? Well, I didn't know as a brand new trader that that was not the right thing to do. So he said, sure. And I went <laughs> over, I went over to his office and we hung out for a while and started talking and we became friends. And I've been to his house for cocktail parties and he's been to my house and he did a podcast with me last week. So I learned as much as I could possibly absorb from him. And then I met Jake Bernstein and from Jake, I got the idea that if you trade crossovers of the MACD with a rising ADX, you can make money. So that's what I did for years. Uh, I was rated number one 
traitor twice in a row by Stark Research. And part of what I was using at that time was this Jake Bernstein theory. The other thing I did was realized that most indicators will give you whipsaw. You, any moving average, they'll whipsaw back and forth during sideways periods and you get chopped up. So using my math background, um, I created what I call my dynamic moving average. So it doesn't whipsaw. It changes the value of the inputs dynamically with the speed of the market. So I take the first derivative of price, speed, and apply that to the moving averages so that they are continually adjusting. That moving average then later became my sunny bands because I, I put two channels on either side of the dynamic moving average, and that's all I use to trade. So you're looking primarily, or actually 100% indicators, your system's 100% indicators. Correct. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, a lot of people are looking at, you know, candlesticks. Do you look at support and resistance levels or any of that type of technical analysis? I do look at support and resistance, which I call attractors, because they attract price to them. I also call moving averages attractors. They attract price to them, especially the 200, the 50-day, and the 21-day moving averages, because everybody's watching them. So there's emotional reactions near them. I do look at Fibonacci lines. So those moving averages and the Fibonacci's, they're attractors because a lot of people have them on their charts. That's right. Right. So what what do you think um, for tr people out that are listening that really need a breakthrough, people that uh, have been struggling in trading, what are some of the key things that they need to be successful with trading? Well, they need to settle down and come, come up with a strategy that they can prove by backtesting works. I mean, people I find in in my students, the people who don't do the back testing don't want to know the answer. And so they don't want to know the answer. Uh, they're just trading because they want to be gamblers? Pretty much. They're trading for the excitement. And losing trades generate more excitement than winning it's trades. It's not the kind of excitement I want in my life. Thank you very much. And, right. There's only <laughs> one reason to trade, and that's to make money. <laughs> Sometimes I think that people might have a financial difficulty, right? Um, and so they'll enter into the markets thinking that that will solve their problem. Mm, mm -hmm. But solving a financial problem isn't going to work with trading. You have to solve the financial problem. You have to learn how to solve the problem. Exactly. It's not a shortcut. No, it's not. And, and it typically takes three years to become a good trader. And they don't want to hear that. They want to think that this is a quick solution to a problem and they want to get in and make a whole bunch of money. Chances are they're not going to do that. Right. Yeah. It takes time. So what, uh, you know, how do you, how are you able to really trust your system? You know, like if you're doing back testing, you know, market conditions can change. I know that that's been one of the things that has caused the people to do back test. They back test it and then all of a sudden it's not working. Because, you know, sometimes the market conditions change. How do you maintain confidence in your system? Well, the first thing that they should do when they're testing their system is not optimize it. Create a system that works in all three flavors of markets, up, down, and sideways. If your system is, is steady during all three flavors, then you will probably have a system that works over time. 
but people create systems and then they optimize them for the best return. And that'll typically work either in uptrending markets, downtrending markets, or but not both, or sideways markets, but not all three. So the key to success to me is to not optimize. Uh, when you're trading and you're looking to take an entry, do you identify the current market condition and does that change your strategy at all? My indicator, my Sunny Bands indicator identifies that. Okay. Uh, it, it has a signal that tells me the market's flat, up or down. Yeah. So I, I can see right on the chart exactly which way we're going. So if we just talked about today, right, because we were mm -hmm. both trading the S&P today, uh, it ripped up really high right at the mm -hmm. start. And then, right. you know, it, right before the news, basically. And then about 10 mm -hmm. o'clock, it was just nothing. It was just sideways. Sideways. Mm -hmm. Right. And then finally, I think it rolled over. I didn't watch it after that. Um, it but rolled it rolled over. over. High. But like mm -hmm. that sideways momentum, when, you know, you get a big move and then all of a sudden it's going, blah, 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 blah. That rips up a lot of people. I, I actually saw people going long there, going short. And then that whipsaw mm -hmm. took a lot of them out. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you're saying that your indicator will help you avoid that type of whipsaw. That's right. When I, the way I read it is when my dynamic moving average goes flat, we're in sideways congestion. And that's a do nothing. Don't be long. Don't be short. Just wait. And in my live trading room this morning, we had to sit there and wait. And I, you know, I say this is like watching grass grow. <laughs> You know, this is terrible. It was this choppy. A, Somebody in mine said, this is choppy. I'm going to go out and cut grass. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way. Yeah. But, you know, there's nothing you can do when it's chopping. And you don't want to jump in a trade just to be jumping in a trade. You right. need to wait for confirmation. So, uh, so then for traders that might have trouble with that, they need to wait and develop a sense of patience. How do you, how do you do that? How do you get more patient? Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. I think that's time. Being a mother, those two things help. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a, a trader who was using my Sunny Bands indicator uh, tell me that he made a whole lot of money the first week he used it, and then after that he's been losing money. And I said, well, let's get on a Zoom call. Let me look at what you're doing. And he was trading too much. He was entering and exiting, entering and exiting, and that's not the way to make money. So I said, all right, let's trade together. 
right here. I want you to go long. And he did. And I said, now we just wait. Trading, if you're doing right, is boring. So we waited for 15, 20 minutes. And I said, and now you can take profit. He was trading one MES. He made $250. He was a happy guy. Yeah. So it is boring and you just got to be patient. So do you, um, do you take profit quickly or do you wait till, do you lock in profit? Do you wait till it hits your target? How do you know when to get out of a trade? Uh, once again, it's my sunny bands. When the, when the green bars go up and touch the top channel of the sunny bands and turn red and come back down into the outer sunny band, I get out. And when, when, uh, and, and then with a short, the same thing on the opposite channel. When it goes down on red bars, touches the outer band and turns blue back in the channel, I go long. And I don't have targets and I don't have stops. I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I don't trade using stops. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to say that. Don't do as I say. Yeah. Do. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, so the reason you, we say that you're not allowed to say that is because... Um, it's very risky. It is because uh, how? what if you get, you know, what if something happens? And, mm -hmm. You know, people... What if risk management is really difficult. Yeah. Um, I've got a phone with TradeStation on it. And if my computer goes down or the internet hiccups, I just get on my phone real quick and close the trade. So that's the way I monitor that. But my Sunny Bands is so good at calling the entries and exits that I don't have to put targets in. The Sunny Bands are the target. So when it, so, so yeah, so that's it. So when it gets to your next moving average, your Sunny Band moving average, then you're just going to close the trade. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's, and I've been using Sunny Bands for 35 years now. It took me a while to develop that whole dynamic moving average and Sunny Bands, but I've been using it for 35 years. So, um, well, thank you for sharing this, uh, this journey and, um, mm -hmm. with your, um, with, with your indicators, do you also provide, uh, training, uh, to teach people how to use those? Absolutely. The training's free. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell, tell, uh, tell the audience a little bit about how they can find out um, how to learn about your Sunny Bands and uh, how they can learn more information about some of the services you're providing right now. All right. I have a website, moneymentor.com. It's been on the web since 1995. Of course, I've changed it over the years, but it's been there. One of the beginning websites. And you can go there and find out everything I know. It's all about me, all about my products. Uh, if, if you go over to resources and pull down, there's all kinds of resources because I collect things I need in my own trading. So there's tons of information. I've got over a thousand pages in it. Wow. Um, and my phone number is posted right on the top of the website. I love it when people call me. Oh, wow. That is very unique. Yeah. <laughs> Very unique. And I answer the phone all times a day. Wow. I had a call, I had a call a couple of days ago with Botswana at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just tell you that I'm the exact opposite. You tell me if you have this problem. Like I get a lot of spam calls, right? Like I get people trying to sell me stuff and, you know, I get a guy saying your, your warranty's about to expire or oh, yeah. I get, I even get people saying, 
uh, there's a warrant out for your arrest. It's I got like, that one too. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> we found your car parked near the border with a ton of cocaine in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, you didn't. I, so I very rarely answer my phone unless I know who it is because it's just it's annoying. And I answer it all the time unless the the cell phone says right on top, spam call. Yeah. Now I don't answer those. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, so tell me a little bit about your podcast that you're host. That's the Sunny Hair Show, right? That's right. It's been a lot of fun. Last week, we interviewed Larry Williams. We've interviewed uh, Perry Kaufman. And, oh, the first interview was Tim Slater, who was the originator of um, CompuTrack, which was the first computer graphic, I mean, computer software that was uh, applied to trading. We've interviewed Peter Eliades and Glenn Neely, Adrian Togari, Michael Filigera, Harry Boxer, uh, Price Heedley, all kinds of people. I'm who actually have been looking trading. at your page now. There's a lot of good people on here. I'm going to have really? to check into this. Yeah. We've had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, I have access to these people because I've known them all for so long. Right. So I'm just calling on old friends and saying, how would you like to do a podcast with me? <laughs> Let's just talk. <laughs> yep. And it's a way for people to get acquainted with them as people. Exactly. Yeah. And it's good for the listeners too. You know, they can, mm -hmm. they can get acquainted with them and pick up a lot of good nuggets. I mean, I've been hosting this show for four years and oh, wow. it has made me a much better person. Oh, nice. That's very nice. Yeah. I mean, I've learned so much. I, I, it's recording and it's good for business and it's good for educating people. But personally, it has been huge for me. Loved I it. like it. I like it because as a, as a, solo trader i don't have a whole lot of trader inter interaction or personal interaction right you know there's not a lot of people to talk to unless somebody picks up that phone number and calls me okay well so then uh if they go to moneymentor.com they can check mm -hmm. about your they can check out your sunny bands and also your podcast um and uh, I recommend that you go ahead and, for everybody that's listening, this is a great resource. Sonny's putting out a lot of stuff available. Uh, and if you're, especially if you need help, right? Here's what I want to say right now, Sonny, to everyone that's listening. They don't have any excuses now for struggling. <laughs> right. Because you're, 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 you've got resources out there. Um, look, I, I get it. Trading can be hard, but, you know, go get some help. So go. Look at moneymentor.com, connect with Sunny, send her an email, listen to her podcast, check out the indicators. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. And, and Casey, if they give me a call, yes. I'm happy I'm happy to give them my best advice for free. That is amazing. So I help uh, them. I help them. Answer their question. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So uh so thank you, Sonny, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Uh, as have I. Well, that is it for today's episode. Make sure you go and check out moneymentor.com. And the links will be in the description. And uh, check it out. Educate yourself. Put the tools in your hands so that you can be successful. There's really no excuse not. If you're trading, you need to do it. Uh, you're listening to the podcast, so you did take one great step. Well, continue and keep researching and learning until you have arrived at your trading destination. 
Thank you and till the next time. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.